0: Amen. He's got a lot for you. If you're not worshiping, he ain't got nothing. Amen. And so um, we need to worship him together. Amen. In spirit and truth. So good to see everyone here. Amen. As we're staying, we go to the word of the Lord today. Uh, before, I guess, before I read that, um, we have, I wish I would have done this earlier, but the Bible quizzers, the young Bible quizzers, um, we've got Armand's one of here, is... is is. Uh, uh, Desmond, there he is. You guys want to come up here real quick? Show off your... And Delilah, you're, you're a Bible quizzer too, right? Come on up. They went to Lakeland yesterday, and they were competing uh, against Bible quizzers and quoting the Word of God. And look at all the ribbons that they've won. Uh, so proud of them. <laughs> Studying the Word of God. Hiding it in their hearts. Amen. Good job, guys. Thank you so much. Be sure to uh, congratulate them whenever you see them. They're studying all week long. I wish adults should be doing that, right? You know? Things Jesus said you should become as a child. Well, they're our leaders, I guess. And look to them for that. Amen. Um, In other news, I guess, uh, Fort Myers has landed on the, the map of the national news, which is exciting, I guess. To say the least, but um, you know it's 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 really something. I have a hard time dealing with all the craziness out there, the coronavirus. There's already been twenty thousand people die from the flu in America since October, and we're not worried about that. But one person dies of coronavirus, and now we're raiding stores. Every year, the flu shows up and kills 30,000 to 40,000 people, and we don't blink an eye. And then all of a sudden, somebody dies of this, and now the world's going to end. Just another strain of the flu. Um, So I'm not really worried about it. Um, I'm in God's hands. If he wants to send me to heaven by the coronavirus, hey, okay. But until that happens, we've got to think, we got a plan, we've got a purpose, we've got a mission to do and we just keep on praying. We keep on pleading the blood of Jesus Christ. Coronavirus cannot pass through the blood of Jesus. And we're going to plead the blood of Jesus. Amen. Amen. The people we are not to be living in hopelessness and fear. Amen. But we have the spirit of power, of love and of a sound mind. Amen, and um, should be starting, the flu season starts like in October, so if you want to buy a mask, you need to buy a mask in September because the flu starts killing in October, so we're late, we're late to the game, but we do know the flu shows up every year, so keep that in mind for next year. Amen, also with the, it doesn't do well in the heat, and so we're, we're, doing, we're all right down here. But keep everyone in prayer that uh, we don't rip our society apart for a flu. And uh, we know God's going to have his way. Amen. Uh, The book of Joshua, the second chapter. Start reading verse 1. Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out to Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. And they went and they came into a harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. It was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, there came men in hither tonight of the children of Israel to search out the country. The king of Jericho sent unto Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men that are come to thee, which are entered into thine house, for they come to search out all the country. And the woman took the two men and hid them and said thus, There came men unto me, but I wish not whence they were. She's lying, lying to protect the people of God, and she's obviously got bigger problems than lying. Uh, So I guess we'll let that go. It came to pass at about the time of the shutting of the gate, when it was dark, that the men went out and withered. The men went, I not. Pursue after them quickly, for ye shall overtake them. She had brought them up to the roof of the house and hid them in the stalks of the flax. And she said she laid an order upon the roof. And one more verse. You turn the page to James chapter two, twenty-five. Likewise, also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way. I want to preach to you today from this title: "There is another way. There is another way." Turn to a few people, shake their hands as you're seated today. Living in a fast-paced society, we all we all move at the speed of instant. And we've come to expect things at the speed of now. However, living in a life, living life at this level and at this type of expectation has its effects on us. Always being on edge, jumping from one thing to another, one website to another, one task to another, and when we come to a stop, we don't know what to do. We get antsy, we get anxious, we get frustrated, we get annoyed because we're always just going and going and going and we need to keep on going and it's, it's always a warm welcome to, to your day when you head out in the morning and all you see are brake lights ahead. For as far as the horizon stretches and you realize you had just missed the exit to get off or you just passed that back road that, you know, you can't get back there anymore to go another way. And then you're stuck. You're stuck looking at all the red lights and your face glows with red. Uh, stuck in traffic and, and nobody likes being stuck. Especially in traffic, especially between November and April. And when you're stuck, you feel that there's no way out. You're, there is no other way. You just have to wait in this line that has been given to you. And you try to keep that smile on your face. But as each passing moment goes, your, your neck starts moving and you start looking around. And you start looking for a way out. There's got to be a way. There's got to be another way, a better way than this. I just don't want to be stuck in traffic. Same situation, a different setting, the grocery store. As soon as you pull into the parking lot, you enter a war zone. Casualties in this skirmish are not by bullets and dirty bombs, but they are inflicted by dirty looks and the laying on of the hands and the steering wheel and the horn. By the time you locate a parking space your heart rate is elevated and your adrenaline is starting to fall, to starting to flow and which puts you in the right frame of mind because you need to commandeer a shopping cart and proceed to enter to the belly of the beast All the more ready to navigate the narrow aisles and with the same people who could not drive in the parking lot, now they're inside with you in a smaller confined space with a metal cart that hurts when you get hit with it. You have a smaller vehicle, smaller space to drive and we are an instant society, all right, instant chaos. When you enter the grocery store, you scan the checkout lines and you get a feel of what you're up against. How big is this beast today? Seems normal or not too bad, but when you have finished gathering your perishables, you head toward the checkout and then there's chaos. They must have been given away free money and you missed the announcement because everyone's out front. Lines are backed up and you're stuck. There's nowhere to go for you just a wait in the line, sitting there waiting, hoping and praying that more cashiers would open up lanes because you feel stuck, and nobody likes feeling stuck. Can you tell I went grocery shopping this week? Feeling stuck is a hopeless feeling. There's nothing that I can do. It's out of my hands. It's beyond my control. I am stuck here in the midst of all this chaos, and all that I desire right now is for there to be another way. Just give me another way. Tony Dungy said this, I think that there are times when I believe God welcomes a circus into our lives to give us an opportunity to show us that there is another way to live and to respond to things. Anyone else ever have Barnum and Bailey show up in your life? They just moved right in upstairs, your guest bedroom. Welcome Barnum and Bailey. Come to find out that there is another way to live than how I have been living. There is another way to see things than how I've been looking at them. And if it wasn't for me being here at this moment in time, at this particular intersection in life, I would have missed it. I would not have seen it. I would have kept on going down that same way while there has been another way the whole time. And that's when God's timing is perfect, when we don't like the chaos, but if God uses the chaos to show us that there is another way, there is a better way, and that that way is his way, then I guess I have to count the chaos as a blessing. Because if that chaos had not come, If that discomfort had never reared its ugly head, if that storm had never appeared, then I would have kept on going my way. I would have kept on going the way that I was. I would have kept thinking that all is well when really it's not. I would have kept on moving in a forward direction when I was really going the wrong way. My thoughts would not have changed. My thinking would not have been altered. But adversity showed up. But adversity showed up and it stopped me dead in my tracks. And then Jesus showed up and said, hey, there's another way for you. There's another way that you can take. Why don't you just follow me? Follow me to the house of God. Follow me down this way and I can show you that there is another way out of your situation. I know you came in this way, but I'm here to tell you that there's another way that you can go out of here today. Sometimes you have to face the storm to see that there is another way. Sometimes it takes the piercing pain to wake us up out of our coma of complacency. I don't know how you got here, but that's what it took for me to get here. I was determined to go my own way. I knew there was another way, but I didn't care about the other way. It didn't concern me too much, and so God let the enemy keep getting closer and closer to me, applying more and more pressure in my life until I finally re- reached a conclusion that, hey, there's another way. There is another way, and I've always known about it, but now now I want to go that way because I don't like the way that I'm going. And for me, for me, there's no going back to that old way. There's no going back to that old self, that old sinful, carnal, corrupt self. There's no going back. There's no more wavering to the left or to the right because we don't have time to play games with God. What a tragedy to be walking down the right way but to end up on the ditch of the right way. To come so far, but not to make it. To go and to know the right way, but not to finish the race. You ended up on the side of the road. On the right way. It doesn't matter what way you came here today. I want to tell you that there is another way that you can leave here. And that is you can leave here more anointed today. You can leave here more passionate about God. You can leave here more committed and more devoted to the kingdom of God. You may have come here with hurts and failures, but there's another way out of here today. You may have come here with pain and sorrow, but know that there is another way out out of this place let him give you beauty for ashes let him give you strength for weakness let him give you the oil of joy for mourning there is another way out of this place today devil likes nothing more than to back us into a corner with the dreadful details of our past and the disappointments of our current situation the more we listen to him, the more we believe what he says. And it may, it may be true. He may, he may be as honest as he can with you in your current situation. The more we believe what he says, the more we feel, begin to feel that there's no way out. Where do I go and how do I escape? I cannot see a way out. Well let me tell you that there is another way. Even if God has to blow a hole in the wall to rescue you I believe that he can do that. I believe he can just walk through the wall in your life and say here I am I'm going to lead you out another way. I'm going to show you a way. Why? Because he's a way maker. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. Even when I can't see him he's working. Even when he's not present. He's still working. He's working on a way to get me out. And so my situation, I have to believe with all the faith that I have, I have to believe that my situation is not final. I'm the one that says, This is it, and I'm done. And that's when it's final. But until we say it's final, uh, my hope is not lost because I have to believe that there is another way. There is another way out of my situation that I cannot see. But as long as I hold on to that, God can use my faith to show me and to lead me out. When the children of Israel were uh, so pumped up and they were so excited uh, about their future, they were on the brink of the Jordan River waiting for Joshua to give the orders to march. Joshua, you just give the word and we're ready to go. We've been waiting for long enough and we're ready to, to start inhabiting this land and, and start living the life that God has called us to live. And so they were waiting for Joshua to give the orders in the promised land. And their first target would be the city of Jericho, well-fortified stronghold right on the welcoming committee to wait to, to welcome them into the promised land. Uh, Joshua sent out spies to gather intel and to uh, on the enemy. But he didn't send them to Jericho to find out how big and scary and strong the enemy was. No, Joshua sent them there to find out how big of a victory they were gonna have to prepare for. He needed to know how many cakes am I going to order from Publix to celebrate. How many gallons of ice cream do I need to get and how many balloons do I need to buy for this victory that's getting ready to come. And so the detail of how strong Jericho was didn't matter to Joshua. He could have sent the guys, the engineers there to to span the walls and fit, calculate how much force it needs to destroy these walls and how thick the walls are and how many men are per, uh, walking around the perimeter of it. Uh, Joshua was not concerned about the details. They didn't matter to him. uh, And it should not matter to us. Why? Because victory is victory. It doesn't matter how big or how small the enemy is. All I'm looking for is victory. Let, Let God work out the details. Let him worry about how big or how tough they are. I'm just saying, hey, I'm looking for victory. It doesn't matter what the enemy is. It doesn't matter how big or small it is. Victory is victory. And we're going to be victorious. And so Joshua knew this before they even saw Jericho. He, he knew that they were going to win. And so before the first step was ever taken, Joshua knew that this is not going to be a problem for God. And so that's how we should view our situations It doesn't matter what enemy I am facing, I am going to be victorious. I don't care how tough he looks, I'm going to be victorious. God will give me the victory. He will give me the power to defeat the enemy that stands in front of me. If he's a little little enemy, uh, God will give me the power to defeat him. If it's a giant, God will give me the power to defeat him. And so it doesn't matter if he's a giant or if he's a gnat. I believe that God is for us. And if God is for us, who can be against us? No weapon formed against us is going to prosper. And greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And so if we truly believe that we have the victory, then it doesn't matter what the details of our situation is. It doesn't matter what devil shows up in your life. Big, small, general, private doesn't matter if you're if you're sold on victory it doesn't matter what the size of the army that you face because we know that we're going to win that we're going to defeat it we're going to overcome them in the name of Jesus but if we don't have that mindset that Joshua had if we don't have that before the battle starts the enemies already have an advantage over us had Joshua been wavering in faith, and well, well, I don't know if we're gonna win. I hope, you know, and well, let's see what these spies tell us. And uh, it wasn't, you know, uh, well, let's cross our fingers and let's 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 hope and pray. No, Joshua's like, we're just we're we're gonna mop them up. We're gonna walk through. We just need to figure out where they're at and the locations of it, and we're gonna be marching in. And so, if we don't have that mindset, then the devil's got one foot up on, on us. And so if we get caught up in the detail of our Jericho, look how big the walls are. And and, and look how thick they are. Look at the size of the army. Look how many chariots they have. If that's what we're focused on, then we are not focused on victory. Because there is another way to win the battle, and that is to let the Lord fight in it. And if, if, if you're responsible for tearing down the walls, then you need to figure out the details. But if God is the one who's going to tear down the walls, let him worry about the details of how big the walls are. That's his problem. That's not my problem. My problem is I just got to keep on believing. I got to believe that there is another way. I'm not going to subscribe to the belief that if God is going to give me the victory, then, then the details are God's problem, not mine. If God's going to tear down the walls of Jericho, why should I be worried how thick they are? It's not my problem. I'm just here for the cake and ice cream. That's what I'm here for. Let God work out the details and blow the horn and we'll go and sit and we'll eat the ice cream. And so there are enemies in our life right now. The enemies and the, uh, the impassable walls that we are staring at. And deep down inside, you're saying, how in the world am I going to get through this? How can I get through this circumstance? There's no way out of this. I I can't even imagine. How are we going to get, how are we going to survive coronavirus? That's what, that's the message uh, our our media is telling us. How are we going to survive? Well, I'm here to tell you today that there is another way. You just let God worry about the details. Let God do what He does. You just stay faithful. You just stay committed. You just keep on praying and keep on fighting a good fight of faith. That's a lot easier than trying to figure it all out. God, I just believe that You're going to do it. I believe You're going to make a way where there seems to be no way. I'm not going to waste my time calculating and figuring everything out. God, that's Your problem. I'm going to keep praying. I'll show up and I'll pray and I'll believe and You can do what You do and I'll be there. For the cake and ice cream. The spies infiltrated Jericho. They came to Rahab's house. And as soon as they entered her house, as soon as they stepped in, what happens? The, the king of Jericho sends soldiers to Rahab and says, Where are the men that came into your house? Hand them over to me. They just got there. They just took their shoes off, and now all of a sudden the king's knocking at the door. That was quick. I thought, obviously, we're not as good as our spy game as we thought we were. So the king knew, the king knew what was getting ready to happen. He knew that Israel was amassed on the other side of their border. And they were getting ready to come in. And he knew that if they came in, that they would wipe the floor with him. I mean, they they would not stand. He knew. Everyone uh, was fearful. They had no, no courage, nothing. The king knew. He knew the power of God was on Israel's side. He knew the promises of God. He knew that he had no chance of stopping the will of God from happening. But maybe... Maybe, just maybe, if I can capture these spies before they return and kill them, maybe, just maybe, I might be able to strike fear into the Israelites. That's my only chance, my only hope, is to get a hold of these two spies Maybe I can keep them from obliterating my city. I might have a chance. And so we tell ourselves that God is always watching and we know that he is. But does a thought ever come into our minds that the enemy is always watching? The enemy is always watching the devil is as a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour he's uh, he's watching you we know god's watching but we do we ever think that the enemy's watching if if there was a lion that was following you everywhere you went you'd be walking differently you'd be running everywhere you'd be a marathon champion But the fact that we can't see the lion, we just think, hey, he's not there. And when the king is always watching, the king knows everything. The lion, the devil knows your weaknesses. He knows how much and how often you pray. God knows too, but what's more important is the enemy is watching too because Uh, he's ready to pounce and and make a move on you. Devil is watching. The king of Jericho is watching. He's stalking you. He's waiting for that moment where he can strike some fear into your life. Because that is his only move he has is to strike a blow of fear. And hopefully that will paralyze you and keep you from going and moving forward in what God is wanting to do. And so, Rahab, where are the spies? I know they just came into your house, and so bring them out and tell me where they are. The king knows. The king is watching. Rahab lies to the king and says, I'm not sure which way they went, and scripture says that she sent them away another way. If you don't go home another way, the enemy is going to know where to find you. If you don't keep changing things up and 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 keep getting in under the blood and under the shadow of the Almighty, if you don't stay under God's protection and you leave your way open, the enemy will always find you and always know where you at. But if you go home another way, the king will not be able to find where you at, and the spy's survival was secured because. They went home another way. And so when you are out of options, when you are backed into a corner, when the king of Jericho is hunting you down and you can't see how you're going to make it and you don't know how you're going to get out, I'm here to tell you that there is another way. There is another way and God will see to it that he will get you out of your situation, that the enemy will not destroy you, that you will ultimately see the victory because you decided to go another way. And that other way is always God's way. Always God's way. It doesn't matter how bad your situation gets. We must believe that there's always another way. It doesn't matter how dark your surroundings might get. We must believe that there is another way. And that is how we survive is by faith. And that is how we walk, not by sight, but we walk by faith. I don't see a way out. That does not mean that there is a way out because we, we cannot always see the way God wants us to go. But we have to believe deep down inside that there is always another way. The nation of Syria went to war against Israel and the king of Syria had been plotting against them but every time his secret attack was tried, Israel somehow managed to escape and avoided and 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 was never caught in the bait in the trap that Syria had set. And the Bible says it this happened not once or twice, it happened many times. And the king of Syria was getting upset. Time after time, Israel was escaping and, and not falling into the trap that they had laid. And so the king goes to his commanders and he says, Who of you is a spy? The king of Israel. How do they know our confidential plans and strategy of attack? How do they know before we even go and march that they've already moved away from where we were planning on to attack? It? And how do they? How do you? How do they know that? Who of you is the traitor? The Syrians said, "It's not us, king. There's a prophet in Israel." Named Elisha, he tells them the words that you speak in your bedroom. God gives them the wisdom and the knowledge and the direction. And so the king of Syria tells them go find Elijah and go get him. If he's the one who's foiling all of our plans, is he's the one who's telling the commanders of Israel what we're going to do before we even do it, we need to get him and we need to get him out of there and we need to kill him if we're, if we're going to defeat Israel. And so he sends out, uh, the Syrians come after and they hunt down Elisha, they're looking for him and they finally find him and they, they, they surround his tent and they, they, they encompass around him and there's no way. For Elisha to get out, they're surrounded. Surrounded him, they surrounded the city. And in the morning time, Elisha's servant gets up and he walks out, stretches his arms and legs and his, puts the, the, the kettle coffee on the fire, gets that going. And he looks around and he sees that he is surrounded. They are completely surrounded in 1 Kings or second kings picks us up and it says when the servant of the man of god was risen early and gone forth behold a host compassed the city both with horses and chariots and his servant said unto him alas my master how shall we do and he answered elisha answered says fear not for they that be with us are more than they that be with them and you can imagine Elisha's servant saying, man, you, you're you sleepwalking. Uh, I see, we're, we're surrounded. I see, I've counted all of the chariots and horses twice. I know how many there are. And clearly, clearly we are outnumbered. They've surrounded us, the city. There is no, really nobody with us. And Elisha doesn't bat an eye. He's like, don't worry, man. There's more with us than they are with them. And and look what Elisha prays in verse 17. Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire. Round about Elisha. You see, there are, there's always another way. There's always God is always there. We not, may not be able to see him all the time, but we got to know that there is another way. If there, Elisha did not flinch for one second because he knew that God had his back and all Elisha was worried about was victory and cake and ice cream. Elisha never worried about the details. He just says, don't worry, there's more with us than them. The only thing Elisha had on his mind was victory. If there's a hundred soldiers, God will make a way. If there's a thousand soldiers, God will make a way. If there's a hundred thousand coming after us and surround us, fear not, brother. There are more with us, uh, with us than there are with them. And so the details do not matter. We don't need to get caught up in the details because when you know that there is another way, you let God worry about the details. You just say, God, order my steps. God, lead me to that way. Lead me out of this situation. Let me walk rightly, God, in your eyes. Lead me out of this circumstance the way that you want me to go. And so we need to start looking at our surroundings in a different way. The details should not matter to us. Let God worry about the details. I've just got to have some faith, and even though. I may be surrounded. Even though the king is after me, there is another way and I'm going that way with God. I'm going to let God lead me out of this situation. Even when we're surrounded, even when it appears that we're outnumbered, we still have to believe that there is another way and that God will lead us down that path. Musicians, if you would come. How, How are we going to reach our city? How are we going to reach Fort Myers, Lee County? The details, if we look at the details, the details will tell us that we are surrounded. The details will tell us that we are outnumbered. The details... We'll say that sin is running rampant in our streets and that lawlessness is flourishing. And how are we going to reach our city for Jesus? I'm here to tell you, I don't know. But that's God's problem. I just know that I'm going to be here. I just know that I'm going to show up, and I know that there's more with us than there are with them. And so we got to keep on believing. We got to let God handle it. We got to be led by the Spirit because when He's showing us another way, we've got to go that way because God will ultimately lead us to victory, and we have to be there for that. And so we can easily get paralyzed trying to think and figure out how God is going to do a, an end-time revival down here and pour out His Spirit. We can't figure that out. And so we just let, okay, God, you worry about that. I'll just show up and pray. I'll make sure I'm doing my part, and we'll let the big details, uh, we'll leave that up to God. And so uh, those details are God's problem. I just know that there is a way to do it, and that is going to be God's way. The Bible says, where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. You see, we can't help but to look out there and to see all the sin. We can't help but to get our eyes fixated on the sin and the lawlessness and the ungodliness and the unrighteousness. Our eyes are directed to all the sin. But uh, I'm here to tell you today that the Bible says that there is more grace out there than there is sin. Where sin does abound, grace does much more abound. And so we need to open our eyes and say there's another way to look at it out there. Look at all the grace that God has for this city. Look at all the grace that God has. God has for the sinners out there that we got to open our spiritual eyes and see that there is more of God's grace in Fort Myers than there is the devil's sin. There is more grace out there. There is more on our side than there is the enemy's side. There is more on our side than the enemy's side. There is another way. We are not outnumbered, but there is more that is for us. There is more grace than sin. There is more love than hate. There is more mercy than murderers. There is another way to look at it. There is another way. Scripture also states that the whole earth is full of the glory of God. Does it not say that? Either it is, or the Word of God is a lie. So either the whole earth is full of the glory of God, or it's not. Well, I I tell you what, by looking around, I'm kind of wondering where all the glory is. Where's the glory of God? But that would be foolish of me to look for the glory of God with my natural eyes. That would be foolish of me to do that. And so there is another way. There's another way to look at it. If the whole earth is full of the glory of God, then that would mean that the earth is full of angels that guard and protect God's glory. That would mean that we are not surrounded by sin, but that would mean that we are surrounded by a heavenly host. Why? Because the whole earth is full of God's glory. The angels are there ministering, guarding God's glory. There are more with us than there are with them. They are ready to fight for God's glory, ready to fight for God's righteousness, ready to fight and attack the spiritual wickedness. We are not the ones that are outnumbered. We are the ones, we are the ones surrounded by the heavenly host. Why? Because there is another way. You stand with me today. 1 Corinthians 10:13. There hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. God is faithful. God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above your able. But with the temptation, also make a way to escape that you may not be able to, you may be able to bear it. And so with God, we have no excuses. Every temptation that the devil brings to our mailbox, to our front door, every temptation, if the word of God is correct, every temptation, God says, here's a way out. You don't have to do that. You don't have to give in. You don't have to let that ruin your life or ruin your home. There's a way out if you want it. I will lead you out of that temptation. I will lead you out of that way. But the devil will all, is always trying to foil God's plans. But he can never do it. He can never stop the plan of God. God always beats him. It's like the Roadrunner and Wile e. Coyote super genius. Every time, every time. But don't think that the devil's an idiot, because he never wins. We should respect the devil because he doesn't stop. We fall down once and we quit. Devil's devil's been quit. He's been, he's losing every day for six thousand years, and he's still at it. Something to respect that. He's not smart. I mean he is smart, he's tactful But God is just smarter That's You're smart but God's smarter, sorry So the devil Is always watching The king is always Watching, he's always there And when God's getting ready To do something great The devil always shows up To try to stop it. He's smart, he knows The devil Is an early riser He'll be at your bedside, fanning you, hey, that bed's warm, you don't need to get up today. The devil's an early riser, he'll be at your bedside waiting for you to get up, and he'll sit on you to keep you in the bed. And so that's why you have to get up before the enemy does. If he's going to show up, you might as well meet him at the front door and say, not today, devil. I beat you today. I got up before you came at me. I'm, a, I'm already on the attack, devil. I'm one step ahead of you now. Because there is another way to do this. God does something great in the garden. Devil shows up. Now I gotta mess this up. He thought he did. He thought that God was gonna give him a ribbon. Say, man, good job. Got me. But all God gave him was an IOU for a skull-crushing beating. And so when God was getting ready to deliver Israel from Egypt, Satan shows up and just, I don't know what, randomly, Pharaoh decides we need to kill all the baby boys. I don't know why, but I just feel like we need to kill all the baby boys. So the orders go out. To kill the baby boys, why now? What, what what's happened? What's God's getting ready to do something? So under underneath the orders of Pharaoh to kill all the baby boys was a baby that was born named Moses, who God says He's gonna He's gonna deliver my people. And so the devil steps up and says, "Well, I'll get rid of him. I'll destroy that plan. I'll kill all the baby boys." But Unbeknownst to the devil, there was another way for Moses to get out. Put that baby in the basket. It may not make sense. God's way may not always make sense to us. But if he says, get that baby in the basket, you put that baby in the basket and you throw him into the Nile. And God will use the enemy to raise him up and to teach him and to train him. And then he will come back and say, let my people go. We are going to worship the Lord, all oh God. There is another way. There is another way. A star appears. A star appears and wise men are being summoned by the call of God to worship this Messiah. The devil shows up and again, all of a sudden, orders go out, kill all the baby boys, two years old and under. Kill them all. An angel speaks to the wise men and says, hey, let's go home a different way goes to tell Mary and Joseph there's another way out of this go down down to Egypt for a little bit and I'll tell you when to come back 33 years later devil's plan has finally come together Jesus is being led as a sheep to his slaughter on the narrowing road to Calvary there's nowhere else to go you're barricaded in. You're being whipped at your back to move forward. You cannot go back. You cannot turn to the left or to the right. You can't get out of this one. There's only one way, and that is to die upon the cross. The scripture tells us, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. So even though... It looked like he was going to a dead end. Somehow Jesus saw some joy up ahead. Somehow he saw joy and he saw there was another way. The devil thought he cornered Jesus. He told him, but Jesus told himself there is another way and the devil does not even see this one. Three days later, Jesus shows up punches, punches card and death and he says, devil, I'm here to get the keys because there's another way out of here and I'm going out the back door and there's nothing that you can do to stop me. And when Jesus rose from the grave, so did an army of saints came out, Jesus said, hey guys, No sense in staying down here and in hell. Let's get out of here. Why? Because there's another way. There's always another way with Jesus. We just need to follow him. There's another way out of your situation. Don't let the devil tell you that there's no way. Because our God is the way maker. Now you may have looked at your situation, whatever giant that you're facing, and you have looked at it, every angle possible, every, every logical way and explanation and every help that there can be, and you still arrive at the same conclusion, I just don't know. I don't know how I'm going to get out of it. I, don't, I can't see, I can't even see any hope, I can't see any light or glimmering light or a ray of light, I don't know. I'm here to tell you today, don't believe the lies of the devil. He got beat at his own game because there's always a way. There's always a way with Jesus and whatever your situation you're facing now, we need to walk out of here a different way than when you came home. Drive home a different way. Why? We're looking for victory. We're believing that God's going to make a way, amen? As we begin to sing, as we begin to worship. If there's something in your life that you're dealing with, come down here. Let's worship the Lord together. Let's let's celebrate. Let's shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph. Devil, you're not gonna get us because there's another way. There's another way with God. Come on, let's worship him. Come on, we're not gonna settle. We're not gonna get comfortable. There's always oh, I a way. Worship you. Yes, Lord, you are oh, the way yes, maker, Jesus. You are here. Help me, God, Order my steps. You are around. Give me comfort, God, I can't do it. I worship you. I need your strength, God. I'm weak. I worship you. My faith you is running here. low. You are here, you are here. My faith is low. You are working me. you, Lord. Let's worship Him. You. Yes, we do. We worship You. Come we're not. Gonna-